Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Yak, the Modern Times Magazine sports co- uh, podcast. As always, I'm Wayne. And I'm John. And uh, we're going to talk to you today. We're going to wax philosophic about everything Arizona sports. Well, And by everything, I'm excluding the Coyotes because I don't know much about them and they're hardly a team. Mm-hmm. And, and most likely Wayne will handle the philosophy and I'll handle the wax. Yeah. And I, <laughs> uh, sure. sure. <laughs> Deal. Uh, with us, as always, is our trusty sidekick, The Bell. I will be <laughs> indiscriminately ringing it to stop John from saying things that contradict my points of view. I hate the bell. Hashtag, no, I love uh, the bell. <laughs> hashtag white privilege. I love Though we're both bell. white, so I don't know who gets more privilege. Well, you know, we're we're technically white, but we know that there's some people that still Southern Italians are still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're both, we both have Southern Italian heritage. You look more Southern Italian than I do. I stay. I spend more time out in the sun. That's true. That's... Southern Italian. It's that. But um bum. Okay. I love you, little Bell. <laughs> First topic up is the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals, football team. The Phoenix Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what year? We love the Phoenix Cardinals. I've recently been concussed. What was that, 87? 89. Or when you found out? I don't know. See, 89. I was born in 89, oh, and that was the year that they came here. I think so. it was 88 was the first season. Okay. Yeah. So, they start with me in 89. Okay, so, you know. That's going to be neat next 20, year, huh? I'm 28 years old, yeah. So if they did start in 88, yeah. So that's the 30th, 30th anniversary? 30 years of mediocrity. Oh, come on. The Cardinals are good. At Especially one, this week. Hey, they got their future, their, future it, quarterback starting. That was, hey, that was, as someone who grew up a Cardinals fan, that was a compliment. There it were some was years, a compliment. There were some years there where mediocrity was aspirational. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, but speaking of, they're, what, four and five right now. They have a legitimate. Speaking of mediocrity, they have a legitimate shot of beating Houston because Deshaun Watson's hurt. Um, yeah, their defense can't stop it. It's going to be two. It's it's technically a second string quarterback versus a third string quarterback, but honestly, if you compare their career numbers, Gabbert probably has the, the, the edge. I mean, Tom Savage has gone awful. Okay, um, true or not true? What Bruce Arian said is that Gabbert played. Has only has like nine wins against thirty one losses mm-hmm. because he was quote on shitty teams. Yeah, true or false? Wayne? Dare. <laughs> I will say, I will say that's true, but I will counter Bruce Arians' assertion that it's going to be different, which is what he's implying, in saying that the Cardinals are also a, a shitty, shitty team. team. He's not getting any better, especially when you look at the things that are affecting a quarterback. The offensive line, it's not the offensive line has actually played well when healthy. It just hasn't been healthy all that often, and it's not going to be healthy this week. And going against a Texans defensive line, which I know J.J. Watt's gone, but they still have, are loaded with talent. J.J. Yeah, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. He's, he's, oh, that he's guy hurt. that's hurt all the time. He's hurt all the time. I, he I does, He's known for three things. Being hurt all the time, being patriotic as hell, and yeah. raising money for the hurricane. The only one that's... How about flat top? Is he known for that? I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. He has the helmet on. He does much. a soup commercial, right? Uh, J.J. Watt. He is a soup commercial. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. So, I'm so gonna, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. I'm going to say, well, this is this bell or no bell on Blaine Gabbert. Uh, well, is the bell a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing? I think this. I think we should just so, sim- you know spontaneously create that at the end of the show. Okay, let's do bell, bell or, or no bell, bell. bell. Okay, and just throw things at each other. Just okay. boom. Okay, out of poop. I, I agree. Okay. And we have about five minutes left. We'll hit bell or no bell. So. My, my first point on Blaine Gabbert is I don't think he's going to be any better than he's been at any other point in his career because the Cardinals are also a shitty team. 
when it comes to things that affect quarterback. Yes, he's got Larry Fitzgerald, who will do his best to bail him out. But every other receiver showed last week that they're going to drop every pass thrown to them. Right. So that's not going to help. They don't have a running game. Adrian Peterson has shown that he can produce against terrible off- or defensive lines and you know when the box isn't stacked against him. But the box is going to be stacked against him because they've got a third-string quarterback in there. So yeah. I doubt he's going to do much. So I think Blaine Gabbert is going to be who he's shown us throughout his career, which is 56% completion percentage. Um, his touchdown-interception ratio is 38 to 37 that being said, that is exactly what you get with Drew Stanton. So Drew Stanton is generally a 50% completion percentage right, guy, right. and his touchdowns are usually 2-1, to 1-1 to one, one to one type of situation with right. touchdowns and interceptions. So I don't think you're losing much going from Stanton to Gabbert. Palmer to Gabbert, sure. Stanton to Gabbert, no. The one benefit you get with Gabbert is his mobility, whereas Stanton showed that he has still has some legs underneath him in a few of those past games. <laughs> Gabbert is actually besides the knee injury. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. no, well, yeah, but that wasn't. Yeah, that was pun, pun not intended. Um, Gabbert is actually known for his mobility. He has above average mobility for a quarterback, sure. so that'll only help him. And his name is Blaine. And his name's Blaine, so he's got youthfulness on his side. He's going to summer camp. I don't he's know. got the eighties, uh, nineties, you know, rich. Bad oh, boy. and he looks like one. Oh, he does. He looks like the bad kid in he's a Disney, handsome. in like a Disney ski oh, movie. Oh yeah, he's the. Uh, and he even slicks the hair back. He's so. the bad kid in Karate Kid. He's the uh, parody of it in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, with, he's, uh, what's his name? The, guy, the Winter Soldier played. Yeah, what's his name? Um, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Ooh, yeah, that's it's a, another football name. Fancy boy name. <laughs> um, so, so I think. I think now starting for the Arizona Cardinals, Sebastian. Stan. I think what you can expect from Blaine Gabbert is that he's going to have a, a fifty to sixty percent completion. Percentage. But they still beat the Texans. I think they can beat the Texans because I, they suck. I think it's a pretty They're a even, shitty team. I think it's a pretty evenly matched shitty game. Um, so <laughs> um, I think it's pretty evenly matched. I think I'll give. Um, the Texans a benefit of the doubt on wide receiver. I think they are a little above the Cardinals there because they have two legitimately great wide receivers in Will Fuller and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, whereas the Cardinals only have Fitzgerald. Um, running game, I think Lamar Miller is probably going to produce more consistently than uh, Adrian Peterson at this point. Quarterback, it's a wash with maybe a slight advantage to Gabbert. Um, and then defensively, these are two teams that can produce defensively, but Cardinals have shown lapses, so probably advantage Texans. But so I think it's really a toss up. I really don't want them to win any more games because, you know, they're not. This is not a Super Bowl team. This is not even a playoff team. This team is bad. They've shown that. <laughs> the games they've won have been bad wins, and the games they've lost have been like blowouts more or less. So I just think. What's there's no use in winning any more games. The sad thing is, I think maybe Gabbert could probably win a few more games for them than Stanton, Stanton can. Yeah. Um, that being said, this team compares most to me to a, if we're looking at all the bad teams he was on. This team compares most to me to like the 2015 49ers when they brought him in. He went three and five on that team, but his number I mean, his numbers weren't great, but the 63% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he threw for like 250 yards a game. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's that, those are middling average quarterback numbers. You know, it's there's there's a lot of worse guys out there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's Tom Savage out there. So Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick's still on the bench. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. I realize I realize there's no way in hell Houston was ever going to bring Colin Kaepernick in, especially since their quarterback got hurt the week after. Their players almost <clears throat> staged a revolt because of the stupid shit their owner said. Yeah. Um, but literally, 
if you look, if you just describe in generalities the um, offense that the Texans are running, it's an offense made for a mobile quarterback that was simplified, admittedly, by the head coach because they had a rookie quarterback. So they could have brought somebody so else in. who, by God, is a mobile quarterback who has shown an ability to succeed when the offense is simplified for him. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's I a mean, perfect fit. And they're a playoff team with a decent play at quarterback. Well, they need to. I mean, yeah, but their defense has been horrible. And that yeah. was the other question I was going to ask you. You think Gabbard's going to get? I mean, I think I saw that they were giving up 350 yards passing over the past five weeks or something. Yeah, like no, that. I don't think Gabbard's getting that, but I think he could throw for two two fifty. Yeah. yeah, and they come out with a win. I think if he does, if he does that, if he does like this. What I'm saying is like kind of the the best case scenario for Gabbard, like a 250 yard game with two touchdowns and one interception. Then yeah, I'd say they win that game. If you show, if you told me that Ka- that uh, Gabbard's numbers at the end of the game or that, I'd say they won. Because I just don't see Tom Savage doing enough. And okay, that, so what do the Cardinals need to do? I think they need they need to score not not a ton of points, but they need to like I'm saying they need probably at least 20 ish points to win this game. They can't be one of these games. If it's a brawl, like a defensive brawl, then it's a toss-up, you know, 7-7 game, you know, because then it just comes down to who can get in field Three goal. Three touchdowns. Who can, yeah, who can get in field goal range. I think if they, yeah, 17 to 20 points, I think. If you told me the Cardinals scored 17 to 20 points, I think that the defense is more than capable of keeping the Houston Texans with Tom Savage at quarterback under that. So say uh, Steve Kime, Bruce Arians, whatever, they're able to at some point get personnel around – Gabbard, say yeah. next year mm. Palmer retires. Can they go to the playoffs, possibly win a Super Bowl with Gabbard that's not on a shitty team? I'd say I'd say they could. I'd say they need to look at their defense and see the weak links there because their defense has been inconsistently good. At some points they look really good, and then other points they look really bad. So I think if you're having Gabbard at quarterback, you need a good defense. But between Gabbard, if he's – Throwing these kind of 2015 numbers I threw out at you, which are middling, but not terrible. Right. And you've got and, and, Dave, and you've got a, a healthy team. and you've got a healthy David Johnson in the backfield. Because yeah. remember, if Gabbard's here next and year, when's he coming back? It's unsure if he's coming back at all. He might be available towards the end of the season, but I mean, I honestly I wouldn't risk it because, like I said, this is not a team going anywhere. So why throw him back out there and risk him getting a more severe injury? This guy's the future of your franchise. Like, there's no yeah. point. Yeah, if he has to retire because of a To risk. get to, yeah, I mean, best case scenario, you know, they, they go, what, they're five, they're four and five right now. They think they need at least nine wins to get into the, a wild card. So they have to go, what, five and, five and no. no, five and two. two, two the rest of the way? Mm-hmm. This team's not going five and two. And even if they did, what's the point of inkling into the wild card game and then likely losing? Are you going to risk health on a bunch of guys for that? Yeah. So I don't think they should bring him back, even if they could. I just saw on Facebook that he got his cast off. Still can't move the wrist. Saw that on but he Facebook. Got the you sure? It was the it's Arizona. It, it was the Arizona Cardinals official uh-huh. Facebook page. What if it's the Russians? It could. It, oh, you're right. <laughs> it did say Arizona Kardlovskis. Look at um, so we're at ten minutes here on the Cardinals. Yeah. Also, Gabbert put up those numbers with garbage man. Uh, Tom Sula as his uh, head coach with the 49ers, who's a capable defensive line coach, but anything beyond that, and he looks exactly like a garbage man trying to coach a football team. So yeah. I'd say with Arians, who I've had issues with in the past, like admittedly, as his coach, 
he's a you know he's a quarterback guy. So I'd say that if anyone can get something out of him, it'd be Bruce Arian. So yeah. You want to talk sounds? <laughs> Why not? Let's go right from the firing pan into the fire and the sun season. Really, is I... already guaranteed no playoffs, don't you think? Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, we did you see the Rockets game? I saw bits and pieces, and that was all <laughs> oh I needed. I'm not going to waste a whole night watching that nonsense. Ninety points. I heard someone on. At first, I turned it off because point. I couldn't stand watching the fact because I've always thought that the Harden getaway, that the Suns didn't go after him when Harden went to the Rockets, I thought was going to be the worst move they ever made in, you know, for, for a decade. You know, just yeah. that you put, you allowed Harden to then stay in the Western Conference, yeah. to leave Oklahoma City, and then he goes to the Rockets. And you know, the Suns and the Rockets, you know, I know you're yeah. only five years old, but, but they have history. That, yeah. It's like, you know, one of those sore spots. It's like when the Lakers are good, it yeah. drives Suns fans crazy. And just, I had to turn it back because I just wanted, I mean, Harden was unbelievable in the first half. And you can, you know, you know the Suns weren't playing well. But Harden also looked like he would have done that against, you know, the 83 yeah, Celtics basically that he, night. It was a combination of a team just playing god-awful defense and another team being on. Right. A team that's already really right. good offensively just being on. And that's where you get 146 points or whatever that they scored. Yeah, like 90, 90 in the first in the, the first half. I mean, the first half is amazing. So, it's like... If you're a Rockets Yeah, fan. it's like... Yes, I get it. They were playing out of their minds, but keep them to 120 points. Like, and it was the first night they and they started Greg Monroe. He was yeah. out there. I mean, the guy. It was his first game playing with these. He guys. was out there to witness it. <laughs> I mean, he got 16 points and six rebounds, but it was like who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, that yeah. Speaking... And Booker looked like he was still in college that night. Yeah. Like they, he kept getting blocked, and yeah. it was just ugly. well. And that's the problem when you have a young guy who's your like focal point. Is that in a game like that that's getting out of control? It can. He's trying to do too much. He can start trying to do too much, and he uh, and you know maybe that's what happens when you teach him that hey, when we're getting blown out, at least you can go out and get seventy points. Maybe that's what happens when you instill that. Yeah, you know, just the worm has turned, and how how the Suns franchise has gotten. I remember when it used to be is like yeah, you know. They can, you know, beat the really good teams, but you know, sometimes they falter and and, and kind of second guess the you know the teams that aren't very good. Yeah. Well, now they're just getting, you know, killed Cursed by the good teams, by the cur- good and teams. then they you know compete against like the Lakers because they're you know? bad and they're both bad. They're teams. Bo- <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that's you like know I mean they about... look good and, and Booker looked good last night, but you have to say he's going against the Lakers. Like we're talking about, Ulus looked good. He he kind of worked. Uh, uh, Lonzo Ball yesterday several times. Yeah. And but it's Granted, Lonzo Ball and the Lakers. It's and Lonzo not, Ball has shown look what the Rockets did. Lonzo here. Ball has shown that yes, he's got some talent. He's had a few good games, but he's obviously overmatched in the NBA by most point guards. I agree. He's been getting just like laying people by for Olay. for slamma jammas, and you know his passing's good, which everyone knew. Can't shoot the ball for shit, which was the one knock on him. He looks lost out there shooting the ball sometimes. Um, you know, maybe he's just worried about his brother going to a yeah, Chinese gulag. Donald Trump had to save his brother. <laughs> Do you see the dad came out and downplayed it? He said, who's that? When someone... <laughs> Which is, granted, his MO is to like say outrageous things and not know other outrageous things. But that I, I like that one. <laughs> I love it that it was the... Your brother just signs, like, a $20 million NBA contract. Your dad signs some contract with Facebook for a television show about your family for, I'm guessing, a decent amount of money. 
you know, and you got to go steal a Gucci handbag <laughs> or something in China. <laughs> as far as stereotypes go, it's probably a knockoff, right? <laughs> well, you know. But well, you got to go and fucking steal something like that? How he, dumb do you have to be? I realize that he's, he's a big baller. I realize he's the one that everyone's like, yeah, he sucks. But the only reason that UCLA gave him a scholarship is to get the other two brothers on board. But still, like, what? <laughs> You could at least be your brother's like manager when, okay, <laughs> when you're back out to of the Suns though. Alex Len, I, I think has looked well. I mean, I you know we talked about that at the beginning of the season. I think he's he looked is. good, but I think he's playing for a contract, and I'm always wary of guys who finally show up when it's a contract year. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's also a difference between the fact that McDonough also went out and got a bunch of 19 year old kids for a while. And these 19-year-old kids do take two, three, four it's, years oh, sure. before they start sure. playing right. This is Len's year to show anyway, whether he's on a contract yeah. or not, when he's 24, which is what he turned this year. Yeah, I still like Alan Williams more. And, you know. I mean, Len last night was what? 18 points, 16 rebounds or yeah, something? Yeah, that's like, one 19 game. points, 18 rebounds? I mean, I, I like the guy what, is big. I'd say, he's I, wide not, now. Yeah. He's not skinny. This is how I just. This is how I just. No. Alex Lenz got. No. Alex Lenz got. I'm not even going to say. Anything That's harassment. I'm way. not going to say anything inappropriate. Alex Len is a is a <laughs> high ceiling, high ceiling guy, no doubt. High ceiling, but lower floor. I know what I'm getting with Alan Williams already. He he was so consistent last year. I'm going to get ten points, ten rebounds from him, and with all with the way they're trying to develop this offense. Yeah, but what I'm getting at and is maybe rebounds. that that's the way the the way forward though is that you have Len Williams, Len and Williams somehow, and you make them. You they know, did lock up Williams backup. for a for a pretty for a very affordable price. Yeah, well, and, but Len, and you're going to have to. Is Len, be you're free. Gonna, Len, if if Len keeps playing this way this year, they're going to have to pay him because he went into last offseason thinking someone was going to pay him, but he was a restricted free agent, and the Suns made a qualifying offer, and no one. Yeah, no, everyone was like, no, nah, no. they didn't make him the qualifying offer. Or they didn't make the qualifying offer because they he's... assumed, yes, because they assumed someone was going to, you know, they're like, okay, hey, fine, you want to see the market? Go look at the market. You've played terribly for us. And the market was nothing. No one bit on the high ceiling potential. And so if he keeps playing this year, though, I think if he keeps playing this way, then teams will be like, all right, he proved it. Give him some money. Now, do you want to spend, I know the Suns have a ton of money, a ton of cap space, all that kind of stuff now. But is that where you want to spend it? Or do you want to le- try and bring in a legit star, which, albeit, is a tall proposition for this team? It just all depends on who you think, where you think the focal point of this offense it's is. It's what that moment in time you can get. The, like, I would have said that back when the Rockets got James Harden, I'll go back there again, they should have given whatever they had. To, exactly. I, and I agree. It. I really wanted them to get Harden at the time. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Um yeah, and supposedly it was like they they were just not in on that. They just didn't believe well, they that he also, was going to end up being and, the player and, that he is. And granted, it ended up being a sign-and-trade situation, and Houston had more that they could give in terms of draft picks. Now, if it was the Suns today, they could totally pull off something like that because they've got so many draft picks. Who else is out there? No, what I'm saying is there isn't. The last thing they the chance they had was Kyrie Irving, and it's starting to look like maybe they should have given up that Josh Jackson pick along with Bledsoe for Kyrie Irving because he's playing out of his mind. Even two years of Kyrie Irving like that, playing alongside, would do... Uh, How about Carl uh, Anthony Towns? He doesn't do as much for me. Kyrie Irving was a proven commodity. You knew what Kyrie Irving was bringing. He's one of the top five point guards in the league. Top three, probably. Okay. 
So Len, Len eh, we got to see what happens. My right? my other big knock. You don't is think that, he gets us to the playoffs? My, my so other I'm big. Saying, do you, I don't. So you say no way the Suns can make it to the playoffs? I don't think so. Without it, I mean, what if a midseason trade comes and you get a point guard? Because there's other that, people that, that say could potentially... a big point guard. Because you put, you just put Devin Booker being able to make drives when he's got a mismatch, and he's got not when he's trying offense. to create. Yeah, and he's got to run the offense. He's but the rest things. of the time, he's just sitting in the outside shooting the ball. That team can I mean, he he can then score thirty points a night. Sure, no that if they make Bledsoe if they make a significant trade that brings in a point guard, then maybe yes, then they could be a fringe playoff team. But once again, I'm like, is that is that worth it versus what they get out of being a shitty team? I don't want them to tank like they did last year, where they're literally taking people off the floor. But the way they're playing right now, I don't see any way because I'm not seeing them getting any better. If they were doing. Even the Suns last year were exciting because they were losing a lot of games, but oh, they were really close in a lot of them. Even against the good teams, that you know they were bringing it down to the last five minutes. They just didn't really have the experience to close it out. Suns teams this year are losing one forty six to whatever, and so I'm not seeing that competitiveness or that even where they're even close to some of the more competitive teams. Now, when they trade PJ last year, right? that was when they started doing the actual tanking. That was right before they started sitting all these guys for like 30 days. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of, I think, you know, having P.J. on the court Yeah, and I think, early in the year. And, the, I, and this leads me to one of the questions I wrote in my notes. Does Ryan McDonough know what he's doing? It seems like the Suns keep having these wild ideas about what the trade market is for these players that they're going to get rid of, and then they get out there and the reality is totally different. Like P.J. Tucker. They thought, you know, we could at least get like, a late first-round pick for this guy. That's what they're holding out for for the longest time is a first-round pick, which obviously would have been late. You're not going to get a top-ten pick or a lottery pick for P.J. Tucker. But they get out there, and people are like, P.J. Tucker, we're not going to give you shit for P.J. Tucker because you guys are tanking. You're, if you don't trade him, you're going to release him, then we'll sign him then. And right. then they end up getting a, a second-round, a useless second-round pick, which I know not all second-round picks are useless, but they are almost useless in the NBA. And then the same thing with Bledsoe. They totally misplayed their hand with him. They had they could have done some legitimately good things before the draft and packaged him with that pick and gotten something good. And then they go out and they get the main. They get another pick. Hooray! Throw it with all the others <laughs> in the back of the station wagon. A super protected pick, by the way. Right. Um, and then Greg Monroe, who. I mean, I think he's attractive. I think you can package him with yeah, somebody. He's one of those guys I think he's who... an upgrade over Chandler. I mean, I know Chandler's a little bit of a better rim protector, but yeah, but, but it's Monroe's just like, a better but scorer if you like Len, and just as good of a rebounder. If you like Len and you just signed Williams, so you talk, I'm talking about future stuff. Yeah, um, then those. But, but I mean, I think guy. he can put up good numbers until Williams comes yeah, back, but, and then he and then he's a you know at least you know pa- you know you can package. Yeah, him if you in can mark if you can Marquise Morris him and get him his value up on the court, and then get a bet. A, what do you? But you're gonna you get another first round pick. Yippee! You can have more nineteen year olds on your team. I'm just saying, at some point you got to stop getting picks, and you got to turn those picks into something. If you look at the teams that have rebuilt successfully, they don't just keep picking. Eventually, yeah, they take a bunch gonna, of those picks and they get some experience. Yeah, players. and we're going to see one or two of these young guys like Boston, go, like Boston. I, well, I and I think that that's part of the you know maybe a sign in trade uh, in the off season, especially. Yeah. Um, but. You know, to get a real star, if you want, you need to. to. But you take some of the pressure off a of Booker. You know, and I think you have it, and that's where I think it comes down to Len, Bender, and Chris are those guys that one of them, yeah, 
Fender is looking more and more bust-like to me every day. Well, I, don't, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've watched the past few games, but Bender's been he's, shooting the ball from the outside. He's he has, rebounding he's more. still been showing, you know, but he, he's... He looks stronger, too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. He's always shown you, flashes. You know how old Bender is, right? Yeah, he's like 12. He's 20. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you see the, what, what the guy has done this year and how he looks bigger, he can handle the yeah, game just, more. He, he shows flashes, but he's even shows flashes. But he's 20, like, and that's my I, point. I realize that, but it's just like... At one point, at some point, yeah, you need to turn these guys into something. And my my worry is is that if they start showing too much, then they'll be like, no, he's untouchable. But at some, you know, you're stockpiling multiple players at each position, so that they are expendable. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I agree with you. At some point, you're gonna have to take Chris or Bender or one of these guys and ship them somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, at better. the same time, you know, we've also then gotten to that supposition that that has to happen, and I'm still not totally sold that this team, as constructed just needs a point guard that it has everything else that it needs right now I just through think, the draft. I just I mean, you might want to upgrade some of those positions, but what even if you just stand still I think, and you said you built it solely through the draft and you have you know, the capability of having Lennon Williams at center, right? Mm-hmm. You have the capability of having Bender, Chris, Josh Jackson being sort of the forward trio. I mean, and you still got T.J. Warren. Buckets. Yeah, I mean, you still got T.J. Uh, Warren, he's right? He's someone so, I've liked this year who's got yeah. a chance to play, and he's shown. He's yeah, but, and he also could be packaged maybe to get somebody else because you need it. Yeah, if you're going to have Bender or... or so, but I'm saying, if you have these guys, and then you have, you know, Booker and Daniels and whoever else you need as a as a, as a shooting guard, hopefully even Jackson can be more of a shooting yeah, guard I, yeah. when, when you want to go big at some point. But I think if do you think they're just that far away if they really want to sit tight and just get a point guard at some point? Yeah, but I think that point guard needs to be a legitimate, like, top-notch point guard. I don't think it can just be a middling point guard. I think they do need another star, and I don't think they have it on the roster. I think all these guys can develop into good, not great players, and I think they need one more great player. I think Booker is a great player, and I think they need one more, at least. This is how I'd like to see them turn out. Booker as your shooting guard, obviously. Josh Jackson as your... uh, or no, Tony Buckets as your small forward. I Josh Jackson at the power forward, and then Chris as your more tweener power forward center because that's kind of the way the league's going. And then Alan Williams as your backup slash more traditional center when other teams go big and you need them out there. And then you could use Bender, um, these other pieces potentially for a trade if you need to, or back or for. So you're saying put. Jackson at, at power forward, yeah. but you know that's where they started the season and he couldn't do it. No, no, not yeah, no. I'm not. So you're saying I'm he talking, has to get bigger. Yeah, I'm talking about long point of like view. Kind of like kind of like Bender. You're saying he's getting bigger now and Len, Len, he's filling out. You know, like you said, they're young kids. They still have. There's these people are literally still growing, <laughs> and I'm not talking about Barry Bonds, 37 years old hat size growing. <laughs> they're just actually at an age where it's age appropriate to continue to grow. Um, and then did it because they did it. And first. then bring bring in a uh, yeah. Bring in a uh, a point guard, a legitimately good point guard, and then I think they're a compelling team. Until then, I just see them with this the roster as it sits. I, I think as these guys mature, I think they could definitely become a playoff team, but I don't know if whether they become a legitimate contender beyond like a six. So in you know we talked season. about maybe they have a chance if they do an in season trade, which we never know what's going to happen. You never really know. There's names out there, but 
a, a, a trade technically could happen sometime after you know December fifteenth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, January, I guess the, the trade line, the deadlines in February, I think, or March, something like that for for, for the end of for the NBA. Mm-hmm. And nobody, please check me on that. But um, I agree. <laughs> are they going to? Make the trade in the season, or are they going to go this whole year? I don't think that the this I think the pressure back to my says question. does Sean McDonough actually know what he's doing, mm-hmm. or like I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that question. And so, are they going to sit on it? Are they just going to let it go back through, or so? Like I said, sometimes it feels like he does not have his ear to like the ground when it comes to what's going on in the league, when it comes to how he's reading these trade opportunities and things like that. So, I don't know. But is it that he doesn't know, or is it that Sarver is reining him in too much? Because that's a big criticism of this team. Yeah. And another reason that a lot of players don't like coming to this team is because of of Sarver's reputation and yeah. the organization's reputation. And you can't blame them because how many good players have left this team disgruntled? And these guys all hang out. They all talk to each other. And it never happened before either. Yeah. Well, Come back, JC. Yeah. What I'm saying is it, they, they've had a lot <laughs> in a short amount of time. Oh, Just yeah. at the point guard position. Right. You've got, and not all problem players. You know, Isaiah Thomas had a reputation, sure, but Goran Dragic had a reputation as a good guy in the locker room, as an unselfish player, you know? And he left disgruntled when we've talked about this. The Dragon. And then, uh, and then Bledsoe. You know, what do you think about this team with Goran Dragic still on it? I, see, that's compelling to me. He's a good point guard, and he, he can score when he needs to, but he can facilitate. He... And I think a lot of that has to do with that he learned under Steve Nash for so long. He is like a less talented version of of Steve Nash. You know, he's not Nash. Nash is a a once-in-a-generation point guard. But he has the same style. He could go off for 35 when you need him to. Not not as willfully as Nash could. It seemed like Nash could just be like, all right, I'm not facilitating this game. 35 points. But he can, when you need him to, step up and be a scorer. But he's also a really good facilitator. I agree. I, I, yeah, that was, I hated that move when they got rid of him. I realized it had to happen at that point because he was so disgruntled by the way they had treated him. But he, out of all the players they lost that way, he was the one I was most upset about because I thought he had so much invested in this team and he fits so well. So, yeah, I couldn't believe they traded yeah. Dragic. I think it was a you know monumental mistake. And then, it, they, and then it was even more bizarre that they then ended up getting rid of Thomas because it's like if you're going to clear up the room... Well, now you over- yeah, now you overcorrected, look- and now look where we are. And the team doesn't have any starting point. If you wanted the trade two, it should have been Bledsoe and Thomas, not Dragic. Yeah, I just think Bledsoe was the sexier quote unquote option at the time because you know little LeBron and all that kind of shit. But yeah, Bledsoe, but Dragic was the better player. And still is. And still is. Once again, and that's kind of that. It's kind of like what I go back to with the Alex Lund argument is that at the time Bledsoe was the higher ceiling, but he hadn't proven it yet. Whereas you knew what you were getting with Drogic. It might not be as high as Bledsoe could potentially get to, but you knew what you had, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. And All right. So, I'm giving you some silence. Can you pause it? I got a voicemail, and I want to. All right, so what's our next topic, then? Yeah, that's enough, sons. We're going to talk D-backs. <laughs> D-backs. Not a whole ton to talk about. D bags. We're gonna talk about those Arizona D bags. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Not too much to talk about on the D bags front because free agency hasn't really gotten going yet. Um, I mean, JD Martinez is not coming back. <laughs> he signed. You know, I, he yeah. signed Boris. He's going for the money. <laughs> going for that money. Show me the money. 
I'm Skrilla. Doing... <laughs> the Skrilla. The Quan. The Quan. Going back to Jerry Maguire. The one topic we can talk about is the MVPs were recently announced. Uh-huh. Little, a little bit of controversy in the NL, not so much in the AL. You know, Altuve was kind of a clear-cut favorite. NL, though, Giancarlo. Giancarlo, Jean- formerly known the as The artist previously known as Mike, um, <laughs> took home the MVP with Joey Votto in second place. For those of you who are unaware, <coughs> the Marlins finished well out of the playoff race. and. Marlins? Oh, it's right. The floor, Miami. Miami Marlins. Right, right. Fly Marlins Soar, or whatever that song Scott Stapp wrote about him was. Um, That's a real thing. You should look it up. Oh, I will never look it up. I think the Reds had 60-something wins, and Votto comes in second place. A lot of people are upset. Um, Goldie came in third, despite the fact that he was on a playoff team. Now... If he hit 300 in September, he probably wins it. That's that's how I view it. He had this award in the bag... Is, is my point of view going into September, and then he shit the bed. And yeah, I don't know. think it's his fault, necessarily. Not necessarily, I mean, I heard, but... You know, yeah, that elbow. No, he was hurt. I yeah. mean, he, he was knocked up, so... Not knocked up. <laughs> banged up. He got banged, and he was knocked up. I mean... It's harassment, John, Wayne. John, harassment. A, John, take down the time. Make a note. Edit this out. Uh, now I'm going to take a note down at 2.55. I was sexually <laughs> exalted verbally. You're... You're my boss. I can't get sexually assaulted. <laughs> no, you. it's just offensive. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm offended. Yeah, we're talking about offense. Have to be on empowered? offense, Goldie, you know, he, he shit the bed a little bit. After oh, he, he got, shit the bed. <laughs> now you're bringing it down into feces. <laughs> you know, everyone's got their kinks. I mean, bats and balls so, and all kinds yeah, of so stuff. When your team is most in the spotlight is the playoff race, and he wasn't even the va- most valuable player on his own team at that point. You know, JD right. was the one who kind of carried them into the playoffs. So... You can't, you know, I can see the, where people aren't going to give him the award, the award at that point. Jonathan Delmonico Martinez. I don't know what his name is. Delmonico. I guess that that's what it is. Justin Dartmouth. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I can totally, yeah, I'm not one of the local people who's all up in arms. If, if they I'm did. Sorry. Delmonico Martinez. <laughs> Okay. Um, Sorry. Thank you. That was almost as funny as the uh, homeless guy falling down. I don't know. A few weeks I, ago. I don't feel bad for homeless people. It was just, it just he just happened to be homeless. If he was um, a guy wearing a clown outfit, I'd call him a clown. So, yeah. Um, if he had won the MVP, I wouldn't be like, oh, he didn't deserve it. But the fact that he didn't win it, I'm also not upset because he really didn't. You know, the two best players in the NL just happened to be on teams that weren't competitive. That's just how it worked out. You know, Giancarlo hit 59 home runs. Giancarlo. No one else, I mean, despite the fact that home runs were up this year, no one else came close. His 59. So, I mean, and the home run, yeah, is somewhat overrated statistic. Julio Daniel. Julio Daniel. Julio Daniel Martinez. No, that's a nice name by itself. I stand corrected. I am Julio Daniel. But if he was like, see, he might have won the MVP if he, at one point in his career, went by Daniel and then decided to go by Julio. That's what Giancarlo did. Giancarlo Stanton's first name is Giancarlo, from what I understand. But his middle name was Michael. Michael. He's got two middle names, I think. I looked it up at one point. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the difference between being in fourth grade and being a grown-up. And honestly, if you're in fourth grade, you you don't don't like the kids. (laughs) But when you're a star athlete, you want to be Giancarlo. It's good branding. And honestly, I can understand why, because his first breakthrough season with them, I was like, why is this 
43-year-old reliever who used to play for the New York Yankees hitting home runs for the Marlins all of a sudden. Mike Stanton, I kept going, he, wasn't he a pitcher? He's oh a lefty. Oh, my God, look how big he is. He's a lefty specialist for the Yankees in their, like, dynasty years. Giancarlo, Can I tell you Cruz, something? Michael, Stanton. Yeah. And it was a lot easier in fourth grade to just be, I'm Mike. Mike. Hey, guys, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Giancarlo Cruz. Michael Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I even looked up, yeah, just for comparison's sake, I know the people who are arguing that Goldie should have won probably don't give a rat's ass about analytics, but even if you're looking at war, Fangraph's war, you know, they're all a little bit different. Stanton was in second place with 6.9. Um, Votto was fourth with 6.6. So they're fairly and, comparable. And, and Goldie was Goldie was 12th with 5.3. So not a, a fairly large gap there. I can understand if someone's arguing between a 6.9 war and a 6.6 war saying that it's really inconsequential because it really is at that point. But, you know, what war does for us is it takes all these different aspects of the game and combines it into an easily digestible statistic. So if you're looking at someone's a 6.9 someone's a 5.3, you can say there is a chasm there between their production. Mm-hmm. And those 59 home runs are going to help Giancarlo something Cruz, Michael Stanton <laughs> in that situation. Something just, something just came up that I was wondering is, do you think, how much do you think Goldie being on that uh, World Baseball Classic team um, led into him getting injured this year because he went so hard so early? Let me preface um, this by saying I am not a doctor, nor do I have any sort of medical health background. One hundred percent. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know enough about him personally to to tell you that. Uh, I would say that I, I, if I had to guess, then yeah, the more games you're playing, you know, the more toll it's going to take on your body. Especially him. You know, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. You know, he's starting to get to the age where his body's not going to recover quite as fast. So unless he's uh using some of Barry Bonds' head enlargement cream, you know, he's or Andy Pettit's uh, chosen uh, supplement to get better from his lingering injuries, you know, he's it's going to take a toll. So, yeah, I'd say that probably the fact that it happened in September towards the end of the season, you figure he added a month onto his game, and then a and month early in the play. season, he's, yeah, and then he didn't even play. Um but he's still out there. You figure he's practicing with him. He's you know he's not at home, resting, getting the uh, Lindsey Vaughn, JJ Watt treatment. <laughs> so, well, you know, I mean, there's got to be. I think it was unfortunate that it happened. It was. And you know, I mean, it was kind of. It reminds me a, a little bit of you know. I mean, they did what they did last year, and he wasn't even, you know, a part of it. Now, can at I the same time, can, can I speculate wildly? Well, what else are we doing this podcast for? <laughs> if he was healthy, there's a chance they go on another tear towards the end of the season and even take first place away from the Dodgers because there's that one point where they got it within like nine games, I think. Uh huh. And he was still hitting, and he was. And hitting. he wasn't even performing at that. He wasn't point. even there, right? Yeah. So, um, if it, him and JD are firing on all cylinders, you know, there's a chance they even make a run there and contend there. And if they contend for, if he's, if he's hitting like Goldie. And they take first place away from the Dodgers, then yeah, I see him getting oh yeah MVP consideration because then people can't look at the team and say, well, when it mattered most, JD was carrying them. Yeah, and JD. So that's God, not the that and that's not the amazing. truth of the matter either because Goldie was the one carrying them until JD got there. Um, but yeah, JD went on a historic tear. So you know, and I, I want to suggest to anybody if you like watching home runs, 
on YouTube, MLB or on MLB site or whatever, they have compiled a condensed version of all, all yeah, of I've JD's home runs this they year. They were massive. Yeah, and they were, you know, you'd see them. He hits it like 10 rows deep to right field. John, check your privilege. They were dongers. <laughs> they were. Gonzo. Uh, the only person hitting bigger Gonzo. home runs. Gonzo. There's only two people hitting bigger home runs in that in the league Aaron Judge. And Giancarlo Cruz, Michael right. Jeffrey Dean Stanton. <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Stanton. Um, and by the way, um, I guess um, Stanton's mother calls him Cruz. Uh, his father and other relatives call him Mike or Mikey. So if you meet him and you want to try to confuse him, and call his, him Mikey. And his girlfriend calls him Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Cruz, Michael Dean Stanton. And she calls him Giancarlo. And his girlfriend calls him Mike. <laughs> Mike, I'm not cooking you dinner again. His, his girlfriend is Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> ah, whack. Well, not anymore. Okay, um, back to uh, Bell or No Bell? No, does Bradley, my last question I want to know, any big changes? And you can mention any other one, but I want I specifically also want you to mention that. So this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get, get we're going to get a little confusing. Country of origin, in, please. Before we get into Bell or No Bell, which is, you know, the trial. You use it in a sentence. Um, <laughs> one, what is the biggest change you think is going to be between the 2018 t- team and the 2017 team? And two, does that also include Archie Bradley going back to the starting rotation? Biggest change, I think, by default, is that JD won't be there. And I think that's going to be a huge impact on the offense. I also think Archie Bradley will be the closer because I heard a recent statement that indicated they were probably going to keep him in the bullpen, that they were going to stretch him out a little bit more um, during spring training, but then keep him in the bullpen. And I think if you're keeping him in the bullpen, the natural um, progression is for him to become the closer because I don't think they're going to keep Fernando around again. You don't have another logical fit, and I don't see them going out and spending a ton of money on a closer. It's easier to go find another middle relief slash setup guy than it is to find another closer. So I say, yeah, I say biggest changes. The offense is going to suffer because J.D. is not going to be there, and you're not going to find anyone who's going to fully replace that. And the uh, bullpen is going to be – you're going to have a different setup there. Let's go with uh, Archie. All right, here's my wild speculation for the changes between the D-backs, 2017-2018, and specifically – okay, I'm just going to start. Um, (laughs) And specifically – Okay, this is, is, you know, we talked about wild speculation. I'm, I'm going out on a limb. And it's old, it's got no leaves on it, and I'm probably going to fall. Granky gets traded. They re-sign JD. Boom! <laughs> no. Kabam! Um, that's number one. <laughs> number one. Archie then goes into the starting rotation. So they have JD. Blow my mind. They trade Granky, and they also trade Yasmani Tomas for Who's gonna take a it? bag of batting practice balls. Okay. But it doesn't matter. And they, they just don't cover, want to... And they cover most of the salary. I'm... The other team. No, the other oh. team cut, takes half of the salary. Yeah, incorrect, but, sir. <laughs> no, at least half of his salary. Okay. Okay? I can deal with that. Okay. Um, but I think that we'll even be able to get more out of it because I think there's some American League teams that realize a lot of his pop-outs to the track will go out in places like Houston and... Um, in some other of those. Yeah, he had some high. Boxes. He had some high too. So even some place like uh, Boston, yeah, you know, it's a, people don't realize the Green Monster. It's so high. Yeah, if you hit short. a high ball, it's very short. You can get it over it. So I, I think they move because if they move Granky and Tomas, they can afford Martinez. That's true. 
and they will keep him. But then by doing that, they need another guy that's also considered an ace. So they pair Bradley and Ray up at the top of the rotation. Then they can have Corbin and Banda and... All the other words that sound like the name of a generic Italian restaurant. You know, the, the sinker guy. What's his name? Which one? You know, the guy that likes to hunt and... Sink? All, all, every fucking pitcher in Major League Baseball? It seems like they're all from Mississippi. <laughs> well, it's it's what, you know, it's the good old boy network. Yeah. I mean, so was Shoeless Joe. They were all there from down south. Ty yeah. Cobb, Georgia Peach, they all love baseball. <laughs> the Georgia Peach. That'll also murder That's you. sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so I think that that's where they start, and then even another surprise, and I and I've been saying it all along. Shelby Miller stays in; Bonus he's surprise. the setup man. <laughs> he becomes the closer moving forward because he's dumb enough to forget yesterday. Because most of the time he doesn't remember it. But what happens when in like the third game of the season? I thought was really scra- if Shelby Miller. You happen to hear that? I'm sorry. Scrapes his he scrapes his knuckles on the mound again. Yeah, I think he'll be. You know. A little different. They tightened up the ligament so his arm surgically shorten his arms. <laughs> yeah, because apparently there's no way they're going to teach him to stop breathing out of his mouth. So that's mouth. what I think is going to happen right there. That's those are pretty big bold predictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greinke's gone. I mean, he's good, but I think they realized they can move his contract because he had a good year. Yeah, and he only has three years left on it. I think so. Somebody will take that on, like a Yankees of the world or somebody else that's got deep pockets. See, I don't see the Yankees doing it, though, because they've kind of shied away from that kind of thing in recent years. Yeah, but it's short-term for them. It is, but I I don't know. They don't need an ace. They've got Severino. Yeah, but I see the Yankees can pay that money to Granke, and he can still be your, your number like two, two or, or number three, three guy. Yeah, they can, just whether they have... Or even team. if he goes back to the Dodgers, because the Dodgers that, might take that, that contract back. Yeah. And, that I can see happening. And Darvish might move on somewhere else, because that's supposedly... Was a, that was a, you know, worked out well game seven. Getting them there, it worked, yeah, but then <laughs> actually working out. But that's my that's my out on a limb. Um, I think they keep everybody that's, else, and if the Diamondbacks struggle... Lamb's the first one to get John's traded. out on a limb prediction. Uh, currently has no sponsors, but <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor John's Sponsored by George's Tree Trimming Service. <laughs> Sponsored by the Georgia Peach. <laughs> Georgia Peaches have no okay. affiliation with so, this. So, you know, podcast. we're here. I think we've we've spontaneously came up with Bell or No Bell. Lightning round. And, and um, we, uh, I think, you know, the first thing we have to set up here before you slam on that bell... Is a little ground rules well, here. Well, any ground rules. Right now we have a name, and that is it. <laughs> so, is... You know, I don't even think this maybe could got, evolve into its own thing. I've got... I got Bell a, or no bell. I've got a bit of a... I've got a bit of a... Of a, something I want to throw at you. <laughs> so, you throw out just opinions. Opinion. Or, or things with a team that could go either way that are kind of out there already, like... Similar to the question about Bradley going to be a starter or a closer. Gabbard's going to throw for 300 yards. Something like that. So the bell is in the affirmative. Oh, no bell, bell yes. is, is no. And okay. that's it. <laughs> and then we do we give each other five questions. And then we can boo at each other yeah. if somebody doesn't oh, ring we'll, the bell. We'll salt each other like always. But, okay. um, so, but we're going to take it to an, like a little bit like a new low. Like in, in the movie 2001, it'll be the fight over the water hole. It's like the fight over the... Bell or no bell? Yeah, but I'll drown you in the water. Okay. <laughs> you want to just hit me with a bone? No. No, okay. So, so who's going to go first? Harassment. I'll go first. How, how about we both put our hands? Your, it's your idea. And so. then we, somebody counts to three, and the first person to hit the bell gets to go first. Oh, but One, two, three! <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> now I have to go. Okay, that doesn't work. Um, Wade, you One, two, three. Go first. <laughs> 
Uh, it still works. The bell still works. All, All right. right, Wade, you can go first. First, as in I ask questions. First. I don't know. Whatever you want, you pick it. You ask questions first. Uh, so I have to ask you a question about a team. A question, about yeah. About something a sports prediction, related. Something sports related. Any team doesn't even have to be Arizona. I don't care. Jerry Jones is not an owner of the Dallas Cowboys in 2018. <laughs> oh, so you think he's all gonna pass over? No, okay. I just I I think right, I want to follow up before I think, you get it. I, okay, I think. All right, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me get the follow. I'm asking the questions. Yeah, so that's your Bell first question. No, you got four more. <laughs> either Bell or Nobel on your side. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is Roger Goodell the NFL? It can't be a yes or no question. It has to be something. Roger like Goodell I, is the commissioner in 2018 for the NFL. I think Shadow Commissioner Jerry Jones has seen, so that's going to not work out well for uh, old old Raj. Old Raj, huh? Yeah. Being a wet blanket. You mean money bags? Being a, being a wet blanket earned him a lot of money over the years, but but then it he did. wet blanketed the hand that feeds. And he, I would say, I wouldn't say he bit, he gently nibbled the hand that feeds, and uh, Jerry wasn't having it because one of his fingers probably fell off when, when uh, Goodell did that. One of his fingers fell. Well, yeah, he's like not alive anymore. He's like, oh, uh, have you ever seen? That's uh, funny. Yeah, now. If, I'm sorry. you've seen a, uh, you've seen a uh, what's it? Bill Murray, the Christmas movie. He's he's Scrooge, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, and the, at other the end guy, when his boss comes back right, to talk right, right. to him and his body he's got a golf limb, balls. Or yeah, yeah, that's what that's how Jerry Jones is to me. He's oh, the crip, he's the crip keeper. He is. He does look like the crip yeah. keeper. I think Jerry Jones' biggest victory is convinces people that that stuff on the outside of him is skin. It, it's actually Papa John's pizza cheese. Oh, I was wondering. <laughs> All right, so that's you've got two questions in. Let's go three. I haven't even gotten to Bell yet. Mm. Arizona Cardinals will make the playoffs in 2018. You really don't want me to <laughs> Bell, do you? <laughs> yeah. um, Bruce Arians will be coaching the Cardinals in 2018. Oh, I think he'll be back. Oh. I think he's one of those guys who's going to die on the field. Uh-huh. Steve Kime will be back with the Cardinals next year. Easy. Yeah, he's a good GM. Uh-huh. He's done, you know, they've had some bad breaks and all Blaine that. Blaine Gabbert will be with the Cardinals in 2018. Oh! That one's the only one I'm going on a limb on because I haven't seen him play yet. I think he plays well the rest of the season. I think he gets a few shots. And um, I don't know. I don't think it'll, I don't necessarily know that he'll be like proclaimed a starter or anything, but I think he'll be in the mix. Okay. He might not be with them the whole season, but I think he'll be there in preseason. Well, Eric Bledsoe's on the Milwaukee Bonus Bucks. question. <laughs> L. Uh, ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bell or no Bell? <laughs> I think he would. I think Eric Bledsoe will be on the Milwaukee Bucks because he seems to kind of be working out as a point guard for that team, and they needed something. All right, my turn. You to can't just on. have thirty-six seven-foot tall guys <laughs> running down the court. <laughs> yeah, you say the Ante Kanumpo. Uh, Is that right? The Greek freak. <laughs> okay, Giannis. Um, like Giancarlo. Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> will win NBA MVP. No bell. No bell. No bell. No bell. James Harden. James pick. Harden. James Harden. Okay. Do you think he's at least in the mix? Okay. I love it. I love it. You know, two questions down. He's good. I mean, you know, what can you say? I mean, the guy is good. Paul Goldschmidt will have a baby <laughs> down year in 2018. Down compared to what? Career norms. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think uh, that, you know, he's probably going to be around that 290 hitter next year. Okay. Follow-up 
for the fourth question, that downward trend is part of a larger career arc at this point in, in that he is on the downward side of his career. All right, I got to say yes okay. to that. Yeah. I think you not know, that he he's gonna a, not that he's gonna spiral immediately, but he's gonna start being more of that two ninety hitter versus three hundred plus. Yeah, I think he was an overachiever who worked his way into doing that, and unfortunately for some of those guys, it's harder to. You think sustain. he's a real workout warrior? I do. You think he has a future as a third receiver for Bill Belichick? I I, I do. Jim Rat? I think, is he a real Jim Rat? Uh, no. Jim I think Rat? He's like a Jim dog. I mean, I think he's a Jim Rat. I mean, Rat. Fifth question. Fifth question. Paul Goldschmidt and Rat don't go together. Fifth question. Where do we want to go with this? Ryan me. McDonough oh, will be the Suns' GM next season. <sighs> no bell. That was a Not hard no one. bell, but bell. Def- right. Defend your decision, you dumb idiot. I think that... <laughs> Sorry, I think that, just realized know, we were supposed to be mean to each other during this. I think there's something that Sarver likes about McDonough for some reason, or else he would have fired him a long time ago. And, you know, if you don't fire him because of the point guard fiasco um, with Drogic and Bledsoe and Thomas, then you're not going to fire him. I think they're going to give him a little bit more time because it looks like he's on the upward slope. Bonus question. But I could be wrong. Bonus question. Because I am off. Sarver likes him because he's a hapless lapdog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's definitely a team player, which means <laughs> I know I'm a young GM that if I screw this up, I'm not going to get a chance to do anything else, so I'll be willing to Watch do anything. Watch your mouth. He's Will McDonough's son. Is he really? Yeah. Boston columnist. He said that the other day because someone basically asked, one of the reporters basically asked him, are you full of shit on this whole Bledsoe situation? And what did he say? He said, well, I'm Will McDonough's son. I, I, I'm honest and I'm upfront about it. Everything basically, and his brother's the assistant GM for the Cardinals, I think. right? Yeah, or used to be and his sister, some on. like executive with some. I think it's like a medical company or something. Anyway, a real accomplished family, real accomplished. Yeah, but does he know what he's doing, or is he just living off a name that he doesn't? Yeah, deserve? I think because I mean, well, no I, one is saying he's the greatest. No, thing. but I think he was a really good assistant GM. I don't think that's in question. I think over in Boston, with the stuff that was delegated to him, he did a very good job with that. But that is not the same as being. Being the man in the the man in the decision maker's chair and wearing the big boy underpants. Yeah, but we know that he doesn't have to because his owner is Robert Sarver. It's true. All right, I don't but, want another bell or no. But they need. Well, the Sun, in order for the Suns to be successful, they need a GM who will tell Robert Sarver, no. <laughs> I say it with a question mark because you still can't be too forceful, or he'll fire you. <laughs> and I'll second that bell. But you see, the problem is, is that. He doesn't ever hire good GMs. I mean, he's hired Lance Blanks. Yeah, I think McDonough's the first guy that people went, oh, this guy could actually be a good GM. Now, he's too young for us to know because he's never done it before, being, once again, the guy with the big boy pants on. He's been an assistant. So this was the first guy that he hired, and people were like, holy shit, Robert Sarver hired a guy whose career trajectory suggested he would at one point be a GM. (laughs) Yes, so... um, but yeah, I think maybe, and that could be Ryan McDonough as he, you know, gains more uh, credibility within the organization. You know, maybe he can be that guy eventually to say, "Hey, hey, Rob, stuff it. Hey, hey, Mister Bankman, 
Let me play. Let me be the basketball guy. Yeah. Hey, hey, Monopoly man, go play with your money. Let me take care of the basketball stuff. <laughs> and that was the sports check for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please tune in next time when we'll discuss uh, some variation of the same thing. We're a local Arizona sports podcast. Um, and next time, maybe we'll talk Sun Devils. And tune tune in when we have a better grasp on Bell or No Bell. Yeah, you know, and, and the last thing I want to say, I mean, I know you've just done your... your, your, your... You can edit it around. No, I can't. So you're just going to have to do it again. <sighs> that was my sports voice. <laughs> that was my radio How about voice. Bell or Buzzer? Bell or Buzzer? Do you have a buzzer? We could get one. Okay. I definitely have one. Get a taser. Bell or taser. <laughs> <laughs> pain or no pain? <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll do it for Wayne. On behalf of Wayne, thanks for joining us today on the Sports Yak, Yak, Yak. (laughs) We're the first name in Yak. Thank you.